Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com slash governance. IBM. Let's create. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Guess what, Will? What's that, Mango? So, you know, I love spelling bees, right? And not actually being in them because I'm not a great speller. But after watching that movie Spellbound, I came away with this new appreciation. Oh, man, they're so much fun to watch. I always watch the finals every year. And it's it's actually funny to see how much harder the spelling bee words have gotten over the years. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I was I was looking back at this list of final words from some of the early national spelling bees and. Their words like knack and croissant. I mean, it's so much harder these days. <laughs> I know. It doesn't feel like you should win a national spelling bee off the word knack, uh, especially since the words today are things like, uh, I think I saw Feldenkrais and uh, Gesselschaft. Like, I don't even know how to say these words, let alone spell them. <laughs> but did you know the first televised game show was actually a spelling bee? It premiered on the BBC in 1938, and people called it the most boring show on television. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. The funniest part is that critics say one of the few happy consequences of World War II was that it took the spelling bee off the air. I, I mean, I, I think there were some other good consequences of World War II, but uh, apparently helping to cancel that game show ranks right up there. And that's just one of the many game show facts we'll be talking about today. Let's dive in. Hey there, podcast listeners. I'm Will Pearson, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend Mangesh Ticketer. And sitting there behind the soundproof booth, motioning that he wants to buy a vowel is our friend and producer, Tristan McNeil. And today we've got researcher Gabe in studio as well, although Mango and Gabe are actually out in How Stuff Works LA studio. How are you guys today? Doing great. Yeah, happy to be here. Awesome. So I'm excited to chat game shows. Now, Mango, I know we're both huge Who Wants to Be a Millionaire fans when that show came out, and avid Jeopardy watchers, but you should tell the listeners that you were actually on a game show. It was Cash Cab once. Yeah, and I was terrible on it. Luckily, my uh, my wife is way smarter than me, so she won us the money, and we actually put that money towards our honeymoon. But weirdly, my uh, my college roommate was on that show once, too, and I was his phone-a-friend, so I've technically been on that show twice. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. 
All right, that's pretty awesome. Well, let's get started. So I'm going to kick this off with a fact about Jeopardy! since it's one of my all-time favorite shows. So the first one that I want to talk about is Merv Griffin. Now, I had heard several times that Merv had made a ton of money off of the Jeopardy! theme song that he wrote. And I wanted to see what that was exactly because I didn't know exactly what it was. But he earned 70 to $80 million in royalties from that theme song alone by the time he died in 2007. Did you know this? Mm-mm. It's crazy. So it was, it was actually originally written as a lullaby for his son, Tony, and, and was first called A Time for Tony. So writing this little lullaby earned him more than $70 million. And actually, one other fact that uh, that Stacy had told me when we were talking about Jeopardy, she said that the uh, maximum amount of money that can be won in every Jeopardy game, that's if you answered every question correctly landed on the Daily Double questions last in each round, and bet the maximum amount in Final Jeopardy, the most you can win in a game is five hundred and sixty six thousand four hundred dollars. <laughs> wow. I take that. All right. So that's my first fact. Gabe, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Uh this is a price is right fact. So another long running game show. And you know, the most popular pricing game they play on there is a game called Plinko, uh where you take the plastic chip and you set it against the board and kinda let it go and it knocks into all the pegs and hopefully winds up in one of the high dollar marks. Um, but it could go in zero, which is in the center, too. And what I thought was funny about this was there are actually only 10 Plinko chips in existence. And you what? Know, <laughs> yeah, and they only use a maximum of five per game, which keeps, you know, just five in uh, in storage. And those are the original Plinko chips that they've been using since the game started. And there's just the one set, and they're actually protected under lock and key in between games. But the thing is, uh, the, the Price is Right did donate one of the chips to be included in a CBS time capsule a few years ago. So now they're only down to nine. Wow, that is terrifying. They should, they should at least keep another set off site somewhere. That's, uh, that's crazy. All right, Mango, you want to go with your first? Yeah, so you guys know I love weird game shows. Like uh, Johnny Carson had this old one called Do You Trust Your Wife? And, uh, and there was one in the U.S. called Oh Sit which was kind of like adult musical chairs with a big obstacle course in front of them. <laughs> but the one I love the most is this one from Russia called The Intercept, where you get to drive and keep a brand new car. But what they don't tell you is that it's stolen. So the premise is you get this car, you get to drive it off the lot, and then you have to play Keep Away from the Cops for 35 minutes. What? <laughs> and it's basically Grand Theft Auto in real life. And the weirdest part about the show is that it was pitched as propaganda from the Russian authorities to show how good their police force is. So not that many people win, but one of the funniest things is that crimes actually went up after the show aired, and uh, and the police were totally baffled by this. Wow. That's pretty great. Well, well, speaking of crimes and things that are scandalous, I think we should do a round where we all talk about something scandal-related in game shows. And I'm mainly saying that because I've got one here, so I hope you guys <laughs> do as well. So um, uh, the one I wanted to talk about – now, Gabe already talked about one of the shows that I would watch during the summer as a kid. But one of the other ones was Press Your Luck, the number of times I screamed, no whammy, no whammy, stop at the TV uh, – as a kid, but I was looking back, there was another story I'd heard before, but it was a really interesting story about how Michael Larson uh, memorized the light sequence on Press Your Luck. And this was back in 1986. And 
He'd figured out a way to analyze the show, and he discovered that no whammies ever appeared in certain squares. So by avoiding those squares, he was able to continuously play and rack up prizes for so long that the producers actually had to split the game into two episodes. And so he ultimately took home something like $110,000. And because of this, they they reprogrammed the board after Larson's win, including expanding the five random light patterns to 32 light patterns just to be able to stop this in the future. <laughs> okay, so that's my scandal story. Mango, you got one? Yeah, I've got one. It's, it's uh it's about Carmen Sandiego, or where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? And apparently there's one episode of the show that never aired, and it should have been a good one. The case involved the character Patty Larceny stealing the New Year's Eve ball from Times Square. And then uh, Gene Wilder was actually a special guest. But the reason it didn't air is that in the final game where you run across a map at the end of the show and place flags in the countries, the gumshoe who was the finalist fell and fractured her arm running across a map of Europe. I mean, I, I just think that's crazy. And I have to say the worst part about it is that when she was at school the next day, I'm sure everyone asked, how do you break your arm? And she probably told everyone, you know, I was in the final round of Carmen San Diego. And then that show never aired. So. <laughs> All right. That's a good one. OK, Gabe, you got a scandalous fact. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You wanted a game show scandal. I've got a game show scandal. This is <laughs> this goes back to a, a 1978 episode of The Dating Game. And on that episode, Bachelor number one, Rodney Akala He won the right to go on a date with a not-so-lucky lady named Cheryl Bradshaw. But despite choosing him, Bradshaw reportedly refused to go out with him after the fact. And that means that Cheryl had pretty good instincts, because a few months later, Akala went on a murdering spree that eventually included at least five victims, according to the testimony at his trial. What? (laughs) Yeah, and some investigators believe he could have been responsible for the deaths of up to 50 women. But don't worry, he's now serving a life sentence and has been on death row a couple of times now. He he keeps appealing. But in 2016, he was charged with murdering a woman in 1977. If guilty of that, that means he actually appeared on the dating show during his killing spree. All right. Well, that that was a little dark. So why don't, why don't we lighten it up again? Mango, you want to... Uh... Help us wrap up with your last fact. Yeah, definitely. So I know Will knows this, but I, I was a huge Double Dare fan when I was a kid. And in third grade, the kids in my neighborhood wasted our summer training for Double Dare. Like we'd give each other trivia questions and practice obstacle courses in the backyard. And I think we were just expecting that the phone would ring one day and we'd be called in to, to play the game show. But here's something I didn't know about the show. So apparently Dana Carvey was almost the host. He got offered the job the same day he also got offered the job for Saturday Night Live, so he ended up turning down Double Dare, which is kind of crazy. And also, Stacy looked up some wow. uh, Double Dare stats, and for each taping session, uh, this is what they had on hand. 50 gallons of whipped cream mixed with gelatin, 30 gallons of green slime, 100 cubic feet of popcorn, several dozen eggs, and 12 dozen balloons. <laughs> and also, they tried to use outdated food to cut down on waste. That's unbelievable. I was always so jealous of those kids that got to be on Double Dare. That's I know, awesome. I'd, I'd never heard that about Dana Carvey, though. All right, Gabe, you got one more fact in you? Oh, uh, yeah, this is a good one. Um, game show audiences can't always be trusted. You know, in some game shows, perhaps most famously, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? The contestant is able to ask the audience for help. And apparently this may not be a good idea because studies have shown that audiences in certain countries, especially Russia, the Ukraine, and sometimes France, They give the wrong answers on purpose. What? Yeah. So in the case of France, 
uh, French audience members tend to give misleading answers only if they think that the question is an easy one that the game show contestant should have gotten right. Even though the contestant's asking the audience for help, they, the audience thinks, well, they should get it. So. Right. It's like they think it's, you know, they don't deserve to win because it's an easy one and they should have gotten it. Oh, that's pretty good. All right. Well, I've got one more for us here and it's, it's just because it's a game show. I, I mentioned two game shows that I really, really loved. One game show that I couldn't stand as a kid because my grandparents watched it every day was Wheel of Fortune. And so, but this is a pretty cool fact that in 2013, Vanna White was awarded the world record for the most frequent clapper, thanks to her duties, of course, on Wheel of Fortune. So as of January 31st, 2013, so think about how many more times she's clapped since then. But as of January 31st in 2013, she had clapped approximately 3 million 480,000 times at an average of 606 claps per show. I would imagine her hands are probably actually a little bit sore after each episode. So. <laughs> I, I feel like that deserves applause itself. <laughs> exactly. Thank you very much, guys. Well, I did like that fact, but I have to admit, I think Gabe really took it to another level with his Plinko fact. I had no idea about those facts. He made it really dark for us and then brought it back with the uh, Russian audiences. So, I don't know about you, Mango, but I kind of think Gabe deserves the trophy today. Yeah, I'm glad I brought it to him in L.A. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoy working on some of our uh, upcoming projects. We can't wait to uh, tell the audience about those in the not-too-distant future. But that's it for today's Nine Things. We'll be back with a full-length episode tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening. Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings.